0: Hi everyone, I'm Megan Berg, and I'm Dr. Jeanette Benegas, and we are here to fix SLP. We are discussing the biggest challenges that are currently holding back
1: the field of speech language pathology. We present the issues with facts and invite you to be part of joining our movement to make things better, one conversation at a time. Let's fix SLP.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are sitting for an episode that has a hard time out. Megan and I have a meeting. Um, so we wanted to talk to you today about running for the board because there have been a lot of conversations happening in social media. Some of them we've been tagged on, which is fun. Some of them we haven't been, and I've just been creeping on them or jumping in. Um, but I I don't think I personally have ever seen conversations like this happening around board nomination time. Megan, I, you're on Instagram, sometimes Reddit. You've been on Facebook in the past. Have you ever seen anything like that happening before?
1: Well, what is happening? Because I think this is happening on Facebook, so I'm not...
0: Yeah, mostly on Facebook. Well, people are actively discussing the board and... Running well, that you and I run for the board, but or that somebody else run for the board or or having someone try to get elected to the Asha board who is sort of in the same mindset of the fix SLP movement. I, again, we're not always being named, um, but certainly it is in the tone
1: of to change Asha. So we should probably talk about how that process works Uh and how it's changed over time. So it used to be, and this is something that we got wrong and I, I've learned a lot in the process of creating this content. So it used to be that you could nominate anyone for the board. And if you had enough people nominate that person, they would get on the ballot. And then it was a popular vote. So whoever won basically just got the most amount of votes. But the problem with that system is because we have this sort of hierarchical, patriarchal, um, academic heavy system. You were having like entire university systems in like the old boys club basically controlling who was on the board because they could get everyone at their university to nominate and vote for certain people. And so they changed the policy. And I know at first when I read about that or heard about that, I thought it was complete nonsense. Because like the way it works now is there's a nominating committee. And so they nominate people for the board. And that the reason they did that is to prevent the old boys club stuff from happening and try to diversify the board. But, it's, but that's not a perfect solution because now what happens is if you want to get on the board, you have to be nominated by that committee. So, you know, hundreds of people theoretically could contact that committee and be like, we want Sally to run on the board. But then what happens is everybody goes through a vetting process. And I have no idea what that vetting process looks like, but I'm willing to bet that you have to be involved with ASHA and you have to have volunteered and you have to have proven yourself as aligned with ASHA's core mission and values, which makes sense because it's their board. Like they get to decide what they're doing. And so this brings me to the fact that like, I'm not here to change ASHA. I don't, ASHA can do what it wants to do. Like I don't, I'm not anti-ASHA. I personally don't want to support them because they don't align with my professional goals or personal values, but they can keep doing what they're doing and they get to set their own rules. And so for me, it's not about like infiltrating the board and trying to change ASHA and having some sort of coup. It's like getting to a point where ASHA can do what it wants to do. And if you don't want to be affiliated with with ASHA, you can still be an excellent SLP practicing or in academia or whatever you want to do. And not be associated with Asha.
0: Yeah, I, I 97% agree.
1: <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> tell me about the 3%.
0: I just think, yes, yes to everything you just said, especially at the end of you know, let ASHA do their thing. I want to have choice. I don't have to be affiliated. I can still be an amazing SLP without that. However, ASHA is going to continue to have a huge influence on national, international speech issues, on students who don't know any better, on SLPs who have never learned. They're going to continue to use their money and their power to try to push decisions and policy that will get in the way and you and I have experienced they're good at wordsmithing. They've got some good lawyers. And so they'll just find another way. And so I do think unless someone is willing, which you and I have talked about and have kind of come to the place where we're not in the place to do this right now, but unless someone comes up with an alternative membership association or there are large changes at Asha they're just going to keep Asha in and so and so getting them to change from the inside out is in my mind a a good idea not not really the focus of what we're doing um but if there's someone who wants to do something like that i think it's a great idea i don't For all the reasons you just said on how you get on the board, I don't think it would happen. I don't think someone like you or I would ever be chosen by that nominating committee. And then if chosen, like when I think of the vetting process, I think of the vetting process to become like a princess in England. To like marry William or what. You know those women are heavily vetted, right? Like everything, or I don't know where. I think something like that. I just I feel like that uh, that vetting process alone will show that SLPs like you and I are not qualified or good candidates to align with their values. And, and so then, even if even if you get the nomination, you get through the vetting process, somehow, like, magic has happened. Then, the other thing I've been saying in some of these social media po- posts and conversations going on is to then be aware that you can be kicked off the board. So even if, so, you know, someone were to make it through who is kind of aligned with the things that we're saying or who wants to change ASHA – If you push back enough, they're just going to kick you out. So um, I've just been, my advice has been, if someone wants to do that, it's a great idea, but that person needs to be ready for a fight. It is not going to be like an easy road. Who wants that kind of stress? It'd be easier to just start a new membership association, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, yeah. But it's not you and I to do it. That's not what we're doing here. Um, right. And y- you and I are not good candidates anyway, because I have a PhD. I'm in academia. Yes, I practice clinically, but not full time anymore. And, and just to be clear, until a year and a small handful of months ago I was working full-time hours clinically. So I haven't been out of it for very long, but I am out of it. I am out of that kind of full-time meat productivity work. And and I don't see myself going back to that with my company. So I'm never going to be a good candidate. I'm always going to have a PhD. I might not always be associated with academia, who knows what the future holds, but My clinical career looks different than the nine to five SLP. You work clinically, same situation, not full time, and you own a business. And so you're not the person who should be representing full time clinicians, grinding it out every day, who really need a seat at that table.
1: Right. And that's the systemic problem is that the people who should be at the table don't have the time in a daily schedule to volunteer for ASHA and do all of the goody, goody things that are going to get you on the goody, goody committee and get you through the goody, goody vetting process. Like it's the system is not designed for practicing SLPs to be part of the system.
0: And even man, it's not even meant for clinicians who are in administration cuz sometimes you might see that too like there might be a company who a big hospital system who has an SLP in the administration or a hospital or a, I'm sorry a school who ha- has an SLP in the administration that they do allow that to be part of their job or their work description it's not the kind of seat that clinicians need at the table isn't that either because that person is making, or at least going along with the crap policies that all of the clinicians need to be following, and they're not treating nine to five. Like, it needs to be a clinician working four, five days a week, four tens, you know, 40 hours, 30 hours, geez, even 27 hours a week <laughs> might do it. But, you know, it... Are they? Is your employer going to let you leave three, four times a year to go to board meetings for a couple days? Like right. it just, no you way. know, a yeah. business takes place during business hours, which is when everybody's working. It's yeah. not those kinds of things aren't even set up
1: to accommodate a clinician who's working. And I mean, I like everybody has different motivations for getting on the board. And from my outside perspective, I think there are people who get on the board who really do want to change things, but then they get there and they realize the water they're swimming in and it's an uphill battle. And the culture of Asha is just not one that's really open to a lot of changes. Like they will not be until they're, budget is impacted like until they have to be accountable to members they're just going to do what they want i do think that there are people like i shouldn't say it that way i do think that there is a pathway for people if you want to work for asha getting on the board is a great way to start that process and i think there's historically been a flow of people who work their way up to like the president position. And again, all of these are unpaid volunteer positions. So the president of ASHA is unpaid, but then that opens the door for them to become CEO. So this is this, I'm looking at the tax return from 2021 CEO salary was $759,000 with an additional over $150,000 in compensation in a lot of these executive staff members are making around two to three hundred thousand dollars, with anywhere from fifty to one hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars in bonus payments. And so, that's just another thing to consider. Is like it's not just getting on the board; then you're dealing with the culture of ASHA, and you're also working with these people who might be utilizing this as a pathway to work themselves into an executive position and you just get all of the politics involved in that. And I just I think it would be a very frustrating experience for anyone who was of our mindset to try to sit at that table and and watch the sausage get made.
0: Yeah. And that's something else I've been saying in some of the responses too is that I personally feel that you and I can be making a much bigger difference doing what we're doing right now this, this podcast, the education, the post. There are other people that I see on Instagram regularly. We just had a full conversation, a bunch of us on someone else's account on someone else's post um, that is educating in the same way. So that kind of education, just getting the word out there, Megan and I don't own this information. We don't own this idea. So, you know, just getting the information out, carving out your little niche and w- deciding what you're going to take on might be a better avenue than sitting in that boardroom with all those people who aren't all looking out for themselves, but some of them are themselves only and not the profession or the nine to five clinician. Or, you know, you said the word bonuses. Where are those coming from? Retention, new membership, you know, those who knows but those aren't coming because they did it they were smiling nice and it it has to do with the flow of money bonuses come from the flow of money into an organization um so that flow you know there's again those motivations to get that money in and everybody wants that bonus i
1: just yeah i mean asha at the end of the day is a business it's not a regulatory body (laughs) It's a business and they're trying to make money and they know that they can make money by requiring this certification, this optional certification. Sorry, did I interrupt you? No, I'm just, we don't have a bulleted
0: list of points we want to say today. So I'm thinking and talking and drinking this coffee out of my, I don't do mornings mug.
1: (laughs) Nice. It's 12.43 here, to be clear. (laughs) I think also, like, we've had a lot, lot of messages. A lot of messages about, you know, let's get Asha to say something about Israel. Let's get Asha to say something about Palestine. Let's get Asha to say something about Trump. Let's get Asha to say something about stuttering. Let's get Asha to say something about body autonomy. Like, and I, we all have our own personal perspectives and views and values and priorities. But I would argue that the goal here is not to get ASHA to do anything. Like we don't, we can't make ASHA do anything. And that's the whole crux of this fix SLP platform is like, we're being forced to be associated with a voluntary membership association who doesn't always align with our personal and professional goals and values. So we can't make ASHA do anything, which is weird because we are theoretically the members of ASHA. So they're supposed to be listening to us, but they don't have to because they know that we have to pay because of the way the system is that they've created. And so we can't make ASHA do anything. We have to work towards autonomy from ASHA. And the only way we can get autonomy from ASHA is to clear up this CCC nonsense and like collectively decide that we're done with that. And we're going to work with our state associations to get it out of our legislation. We're going to work professionally with our colleagues to recognize that state licensure is the gold standard. And we're going to move on from the certification. That's the only way that we're going to be autonomous from ASHA because they know that that's the only way that they can force us to be associated with their membership. And we've talked about this a lot, but like AOTA has a membership rate of 28%. APTA has a membership rate of like 23%. There are more SLPs that are members of ASHA than there are SLPs as reported by the, Euro- the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, meaning that, you know, it's not a 100% membership rate, but it's pretty damn close. And so that's just where we are. And so, I mean, if people want to join the board, that's one way to do it. But I think when you think about like, you know, your circle of control and what you have control over, like none of us really has control over ASHA. Even if somehow we were able to get on the board, we would have very, very minimal control once we got there. But we do have control over how we sign our name. Are we including the CCC in our name? Are we using our names in our professional image to uphold the value of the CCC? Or are we just signing our name MA or MS, SLP or whatever your degree is? We have control over our um, ability or like the way that we join and and interact with our state associations. So are we putting our energy and our effort into talking about how to fix regulations so that the CCC is no longer required to bill Medicaid, and in the case of Nevada and Virginia, like the CCC is no longer required to get licensed. Like Those are things we have an immense amount of control over um, within our local state associations and regulations. Um, what else do we have control over? I think if you have to have your CCC, like you don't have to be a member of ASHA. You can be a certified non-member. You only save yourself 26 bucks, but that's something you have control over. You don't have to pay for
0: the CEU registry. Yep. You can spend your time. If you can't let your CCC go because your employer doesn't allow it, you can spend time consistently educating them. You can consistently educate your colleagues. So more colleagues equals more of you approaching administration, providing the facts and all of the links that we have available for you to use. Consistency, a one-time ask and a no doesn't mean failure. You have to have perseverance and endurance and this we keep saying it it's a long game but you have control over that you also can be educating people who aren't your employers so just the other day i responded to a recruiter for a company that i used to work for um and i knew the conversation i totally set this person up and i don't even feel bad about it but i knew the conversation that was coming and i you know, kind of pretended like I wanted the job. I was semi-transparent and, and said, I, I'm a professor, so I'm not available for what you want. But I did say like, is the CCC required? And they got back with me and said, yes. And I sent like 18 pages of information <laughs> via text to that recruiter. And I said, I know that you don't make these. And I was very nice. I know that you don't make these policies, but... The things that are happening in the SLP community will impact your ability to hire, maybe not this time, but down the road, because as more and more clinicians elect to let their CCC go in Ohio, because it's not required for anything, you're going to have less of a pool of SLPs to hire from. And he probably thought I was crazy, but... You know, it's more of us doing that, just, you know, taking 10 minutes to educate some poor recruiter who might pass it along. Um, Over time, all of these little things that we can choose to do and choose to control will make a difference. Yep.
1: Yeah. And
0: And I I do
1: think, go ahead. I just, I was going to say sharing our content and continuing to have conversations because I think there's a lot of, ambivalence too in the world of SLP there's there's people who hear what we're saying but they're so wrapped up in all the other you know there's a lot of other problems to solve in this field and it's kind of like okay why are you why are you picking the CCC like why why is that the starting point and I think just continuing to have the conversation of like the reason that we can't solve any of the other problems in our field is because we are expecting and relying on a national association that can't really do anything. And so until we have that autonomy, and until we learn and embody what it feels like and what it looks like to be problem solvers and autonomous professionals, then none of the other issues are going to get resolved. And so when you're talking to friends or colleagues who have maybe heard of this movement, but they're kind of disinterested, like, that that's an opportunity and that's something within our control to just continue to bring up the conversation and share, you know, the graphics that we're putting up on Instagram and maybe make it if you have like weekly or monthly staff meetings or something, like just continuing to bring it up and not letting it get lost in the piles of all the other problems that are being addressed. And I think we've talked about this too, is like it's just it's a matter of persistence. And this issue has come up time and time and time and time again over the last many decades. And it's always just kind of fizzled out. And this time is different because we are here for the long haul and it's just taking persistence and it's going to take all of us to keep bringing it up and keep talking about it until it's resolved. This
0: time is different because there's almost 15,000 of us today. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, that's how that's one way that it's different is I think that this I've been thinking this and I don't know maybe maybe you've said it before but even someone pointed it out again who's been in the field for a little longer than I have maybe even around the same time um this is the first time that anything has actually caught on you know and, and to this level that with this many people still in this short period of time continues to show that people actually are interested and do care about being autonomous or this topic or, you know, even Welcome Here, we've continued to say we we don't all have to have the same exact opinion. Case in point, Megan and I don't always have the same opinions, but we still have great conversations and move towards the same result that you know we're we're all trying to move towards some kind of change which by the way is not fix a s h a it's fix s l p right um yeah that was insane i've been holding that in for like five minutes while you were talking (laughs) i had to remember it (laughs) um yeah i so even if your opinions are slightly different than ours, that's okay too. And you can still educate and share because with every person who follows us or or gets interested in this, lots of things are going to come that need to be changed. And uh, there'll be many layers of opinions. Possibly. Megan and I are taking turns muting ourselves to cough. <laughs> I can't laugh because it'll just result in coffee. Same. Same. I accept mine was aspiration for sure. It hurt when I drank that coffee. Um. So yeah, we, that, what Megan said, that's something else as people, uh, I have been getting a lot of messages. I, Megan's on our socials. I'm only on Facebook. Megan's on our Instagram, but I tend to camp there, I think. So I'm, I'm very quickly responding and so I've responded to a bunch of messages about, I wish I could help, but I, I, I don't have the time. Or I can't let my CCC go. I wish there was something I could do. So Megan just said all of those things. But my number one answer has been join Pumble, share with everyone, and very specifically share our content. Because I don't think people realize how much of an impact that has i watch i analytics is part of like my core personality i watch these numbers even if i don't always understand them like even like looking at trends and graphs i watch our numbers like crazy and when someone new with an account an instagram account shares one of our pieces of content in their stories there is a spike on the graph with our membership numbers. A couple weeks ago, somebody shared that, I don't even think you and I were aware of, the graph shot up to, we got 300 new followers that day. Just that day, I mean- It matters. It matters so much. And I'm so thankful for that person doing that. I don't think that person realizes, probably does not realize how much of an impact that had. And you don't have to have a huge account with 30,000 followers. You could share to your your personal account where you have two hundred followers, and fifteen of them are your colleagues and friends from grad school, and six of them join us. Just think, then they share, and then they share, and then they share, and every six people, every five people, just lets more and more clinicians know what's going on, because. 15,000 people is a very, very small percentage compared to the 198,000 that continue to pay for the CCC
1: every year. It's like a fleck. And you mentioned Pumble. So I'm just going to say like, we keep saying Pumble, join Pumble, Pumble, Pumble. And like, for anyone who hasn't used it, it's just like Slack. And if you haven't used Slack, it's basically just a private social engagement platform. So when you join, you'll see a list of states. Each state has their own channel. And you can like if you're from Nebraska, you can go into the Nebraska channel and you can see the conversation of all of the people who have joined from Nebraska. So and you can you can go into any state and view the conversation. So for example, you could hop into North Carolina, they're always doing really great things. Yeah, they're, I know they're working hard to get Medicaid. Uh, Regulations changed. Um, And so you can connect with other people to see what they're doing.
0: Kansas is about to start ramping up in the next month. I think the plan was for someone to start leading that in February. So if you're from Kansas and you don't like that, you need the CCC to bill Medicaid. I've seen good conversations, I think, in New York too, maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So it's all grassroots local conversations.
0: But don't wait either. Um, Megan and I are in there. I, you know, if I think of it, I pop in and I read, and I most of the time I don't join the conversation or or comment or anything because Megan and I cannot do all the things. We cannot fix all the problems, but we can help again, kind of organize at this higher level for these grassroots efforts to happen. And so we've created this place for you to do that. Don't join your Pumble channel and say, oh, there's only five people in here and no one has started talking yet. Start talking. Be the person who makes the change you want to see. Be that person. Start leading it. Eventually more people will join and you can read back on all of those messages too. So, you know, Start the conversation. Say, I think these are the problems. These are the things I would like to see changed in this state. We had a very good state-by-state episode drop um, on January 11th from Iowa. And Ashley from Iowa discussed how they protected one of their CPT codes. So other music therapists, I believe, can't bill them. Man, is that something we should take on nationwide? Yes. Yes but they didn't wait. They did it. They did the work. So those are the kinds of things that can come out of your Pumble channel. You can choose to connect with your state association or not. You don't have to have that. Um, We will be interviewing soon. I think we have it scheduled. I have so many things scheduled. I'm pretty sure I have scheduled with Brianna from Ohio who with some other colleagues changed the Medicaid rates.
1: Not with the state association involved, um, so it can be done. Yeah, and even if you go in there and there's three other people, I guarantee you that four people in your state you will do, you will accomplish way more than being on the board of ASHA can ever mm-hmm. accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think Kansas- we got to we got to wrap it up. But
0: oh yeah, we have a meeting. See, I I said, this is going to be short. I told Megan, she's like, you want to wait? I said, it'll force us to stop if we go now. All right, guys, um, that is it for today. Thanks for joining into this one. If you haven't checked out those state by state episodes, we've dropped Hawaii, we've dropped Iowa. They are shorter on purpose. So go check those out. Subscribe. Five star review. Don't accidentally click for And write a written review if you are on Apple Podcasts. We're up to 70, which is so cool between Spotify and Apple. So, yeah, um, keep spreading the word and have a good, I don't know, I was going to say have a good weekend. But if you're listening to this on a Monday, have a good week. Thanks for fixing it, guys. We'll
1: see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.